Welcome to the Swim Upstream podcast, where we talk about intentional living against cultural norms. If you're ready to break out of survival mode and cultivate a more intentional life, then you're in the right place. Find your courage to live differently and swim upstream. Let's get started. Hey y'all, this is Jenny and you're listening to the Swim Upstream Podcast. Welcome back. I took last week off and I'm back this week to talk to you about cleaning up your cleaning routine. But before we get to that, let's get to our weekly segment, What I'm Learning. This week, I'm learning all about pickles. We have a ton of pickling cucumbers coming in from the garden and so I'm going to be trying my hand at pickles. I want to hear all about the different things that you like when it comes to pickles. Have you ever made your own? What kind do you like? And where do you get your supplies? So find me on Instagram at swimupstream or on Facebook at Jenny Veliki and let me know your thoughts about pickles. Let's get to today's episode. Today we're going to be talking about cleaning up your cleaning routine. And when I say that we're going to talk about cleaning up your routine, what I mean is I want to talk to you about things to consider when you're choosing products and the just the practical aspects of what your cleaning items are and also how to build a cleaning routine that makes sense for you and your family. Now, I want you to remember that we're talking about what to consider as you make choices about cleaning. This is not about what you should or shouldn't do or should or shouldn't buy. It's not about following a checklist that an arbitrary person on Pinterest created. No matter how pretty of a little chart it is, if it doesn't work for you in your home and your routine and your priorities, then it's not worth anything to you. So let's figure out the best way for you to go about cleaning your home. First of all, let's talk about how to choose products. You're going to want to keep it simple, you're going to want to keep it safe, and you're going to want to keep it sustainable. So keep it simple. First off, you don't need to buy specialized products for every single job. I know when I first got married, I had a cleaner that cleaned the stove top and a cleaner that cleaned the inside of the oven. Then I had a cleaner specifically for the refrigerator. I had a cleaner specifically for the counters. Another cleaner specifically for the floor. And that's just in the kitchen, y'all. There are so many specialized cleaners out there for so many specialized tasks. And in general, we don't need all of that. Keep it very, very simple. You basically will need a multi-purpose cleaner. A lot of those can also be used on floors. A lot of those can be used on countertops and in bathrooms and 
all over the house. Um, and honestly, so many times, simple ingredients like soap and water are sufficient enough for the task that you're doing. Occasionally, you need to worry about germs and things like that in certain areas. But for the most part, we're just talking about keeping things cleaned off. So we're not worried about sanitation in every single part of your house. You don't need a specific thing for each individual job. And most of the things that you're doing can be done with very, very simple ingredients. Ingredients like vinegar and water and soap and baking soda. Those simple things can do a lot in your entire house. Now, I'm not going to regale you with tons of different cleaners and natural remedies and things to try. That's up to you to do your research for what works best for you. Find the one that works for your situation. But I will encourage you to keep it simple. You don't need as many cleaning products as you think you do. And a lot of times, good old soap and water are good enough for most tasks. Okay, now, let's talk about keeping it safe. One of the primary things that I changed when I was sick, one of the first things I changed right off the bat was to rid my home of all the chemicals and super strong cleaners and air fresheners and things like that that were in my home. I was doing everything I could to lower the amount of things that could be causing potential problems with my breathing, with my neurological health, with my endocrine system, all of those things. Anything that I could do to minimize the toxic load in our home and on my body and in my body. And so cleaners, I felt, would be one of the quickest ways and easiest ways to really reduce that load. But what I didn't realize is there's no actual, the FDA does not have any kind of actual parameters or requirements for labeling when it comes to cleaning supplies because it's not a food product and it's not a drug. So it's something that kind of tends to be a free-for-all. They can tell you that it's natural and they don't have to have specific things in it or specific things not present in order to tell you that it's natural. It's really up to you to understand the ingredients and what they are and how they work and why they're there and that can be really difficult especially when you don't understand what a lot of the ingredients are in cleaning products and you also don't want to be what they call greenwashed where companies know that now it's trendy to be more natural and non-toxic and greener in regards to the environment and things like that and so they'll put green phrases or green words on their bottles of cleaners and things, hoping that you will see it and think, ah, oh, 
this is a name I trust and this is a natural product that they make so this is a win-win for me make sure you do your homework make sure you understand what to look for and what can be a trigger to make you say no way that one's not for me I can give you two great websites that will help you to know how to do that well first of all the American Lung Association when you have the American Lung Association telling you to avoid things like VOCs, fragrance, irritants, inflammable ingredients, because they can trigger asthma and other breathing issues, then you know that's something you need to pay attention to. There's a lot of information about those types of things on the American Lung Association's website. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. They also will send you to a particular website from the EPA called Safer Choice. And I'll put a link to that one in as well. If you look for the Safer Choice symbol on products, this is a product that the EPA has designated to fit in specific parameters that make sure that the product that you are using is healthy and non-toxic and will not be harmful to you or your pets or your children so look for the safer choice logo check out the show notes to go to the american lung association website and the epa's website to understand what ingredients you need to look out for what ingredients you need to avoid what makes it a safer choice and what doesn't do your research You know, this is something that I really emphasize with you guys week after week. No matter what it is we're talking about, don't rely on me as your only source for information. Don't rely on Pinterest as your only source of information. Really dig into the internet and look up different websites and see what the general consensus across the board is. Look at things from both sides and see what the general consensus is between all the people talking about this specific thing, what's safe and what's not. And the number one thing you're going to see that people absolutely tell you to avoid is air fresheners. Air fresheners are full of irritants and fragrances and flammable ingredients and things that are, are known to promote cancer and breathing issues um, find another way if you want your home to smell good find another way I really really cannot emphasize to you enough that air fresheners are very very toxic and along those same lines scented candles and scented waxes are going to have a lot of those same ingredients so really do some research on that and come to your own conclusion decide for yourself start with these two websites that i'm going to give you in the show notes and really dig into why those things aren't good for you why you might want to consider not using them and what you could possibly use instead When it comes to keeping it safe, my standard is if my kids, who I know are going to use way too much and probably not use it exactly according to the directions, 
if it's safe enough for them to use it in that way, then it's a product that I'm okay with having in my home. Because you know kids are going to spray it close to their face. They're going to use way more of it than they need to. They're going to get it on their clothes, on their hands, things like that. Is the Are the things that you're using in your cleaning safe enough for your kids to do that? And if they're not, take a look at what you're using. Take a look at alternatives to that and see if you can find a better a better solution. Number three, first we're going to keep it simple. Second, we're going to keep it safe. And lastly, we're going to keep it sustainable. I want you to consider the packaging and usage waste of the things that you're using when you clean. Are you using paper towels? Is there maybe another way that you could clean that would cut down on the waste of paper towels. You could use old newspapers, um, especially when you're doing windows. Old newspapers are supposed to be really great at helping you get rid of streaks when you do vinegar spray with old newspapers. Or maybe you just need to go to cloth instead of paper when it comes to cleaning. We use towels that are no longer good enough to be used in the bathroom because they have holes or they're frayed or they're stained or worn. We cut those into the right size for us and we use those for cleaning instead. We've also used washcloths that are past their prime. We've used old t-shirts, different things like that. We just have a big basket that all of that stuff goes into. And that's what we use for our cleaning instead of paper towels. Uh, especially with the old t-shirts. If it's something that you normally would clean up with a paper towel and, and throw it away because it's a really gross situation. Um, those cut up t-shirts are perfect for that because they're biodegradable. They will disintegrate. They will break down in the waste much much better than other types of material would um, and it's something that you're only using on an occasional basis that in that way rather than if you have paper towels and they're out you're going to use them because they're right there same thing with paper napkins so think about usage waste as far as how often am I, am I using this? How much trash is it making for me to use this? And then also think about packaging waste as well. Could you buy a large concentrate bottle to refill smaller bottles rather than having multiple smaller use bottles? Um, I do this with dish detergent. We buy Dawn dish detergent because of the grease cutting power. I need that for the type of cooking I do and the things that we're washing and stuff like that. And it also helps in making um, degreaser formula when we need that for cleaning. So I buy a very large bottle of Dawn dish soap at Sam's or Costco. And then I pour it into a smaller glass flip top bottle that I keep by my sink. 
So I'm continually refilling the smaller glass bottle and only having to use one large plastic jug at a time of the Dawn dish soap. So instead of throwing away five or six smaller bottles over the course of five or six months, I'm throwing away one very large bottle instead. So think about your packaging, think about your usage. Are there any ways that you can make your cleaning routine more sustainable? Okay, now that we've talked about the practicalities of different things you can think of in terms of tools and cleaning supplies. Now I want you to think about why do you clean the way you do? Do you vacuum once a week because your mom taught you to do it that way? Do you sweep the floor every day because you think you're supposed to? Do you make your bed every day because you think good humans need to make their bed every day. How many things are you doing that you do out of habit or because someone else taught you to do it that way and you didn't question it and you just started doing it that way and have always done it that way or you feel like the expectation is because you saw it on a chart on Pinterest that you're supposed to deep clean your refrigerator once a month. That that's the way you do it now. I want you to really stop and pause and think. Why am I doing things the way I do? Does something need to be done as often as I'm doing it? Do I maybe need to do it more often than I have been? Who is doing the cleaning? And why is that person the one cleaning? Are you doing all the cleaning because your mom did all the cleaning in your home? Are there things that you could delegate or give to someone else as a responsibility? Are you teaching your children how to clean? Is that important to you that they learn how to do that? Is it important to you that they have chores? Or is it important to you to do it yourself? What standard are you striving to reach? And who set that standard for you? Are you trying to reach a standard that society sends out? Or are you trying to reach a standard that you have come to on your own? This is the core behind everything we talk about with Swim Upstream. Stopping and thinking in each area of our lives... Why am I doing it this way? How is it helping or hurting my family? And how can I adjust it to make it better? So, here's what you need to do. I want you to think out, think in your mind through a typical week of your family life. Or maybe you're single. What does your typical work week look like? Think through the major events of the week. Are there nights of the week that you're out because you have a meeting or a church event? Is there a specific night of the week like for us on Tuesdays? I'm working on the podcast and my husband works a later shift than the rest of the week. 
So we know in our family automatically that on Tuesdays, we're either having leftovers or we're having sandwiches or super, super simple, something the girls can make without my supervision for dinner. Think through different situations like that. Do you go to church on Sundays? What do you do for lunch after? Do you have a typical Friday night? What do you do on Monday mornings? What does the rhythm of your week look like? And write all that down so that you can see for yourself where you have spots available and where your day, where your week is busy. Once you've done that, then make a list of your priorities. What are the things that are really, really important to you right now? My priorities right now are to enjoy summer with my girls, to tend to my garden and get things established the way that we've planned for them to be, and to spend time on a regular basis building this podcast platform. None of my priorities are to keep a perfect house. Now, some people really, really, really get a lot of satisfaction or calm or things like that from having a very, very clean house. And if that's you, then that's what you need to make a priority. I'm not you and you're not me. And again, that's where this swim upstream concept really hits home. What works for me won't work for everyone else because I'm not you. So please hear me when I say this is not a this is what I do, you should do it too type of podcast. This is a podcast where I want you to think through what you're doing in each of the specific areas that we shine a light on. So list your priorities. What's really important to you right now? And in looking through your weekly routine, is there time and space enough for those weekly priorities? Then you need to determine your MDR for your house, your minimum daily requirement. What absolutely needs to be done every single day? What has to happen so that your house doesn't look like it's falling apart around you? For us, dishes are a minimum daily requirement. And that's really the only one that we have because if the dishes are done and the kitchen counter is clean or at least organized and mostly clean, then I can go in there anytime and make something that we need to eat and I don't walk into my house and it feel like chaos. I also have my girls pick up their stuff in the living room every night. Again, minimum daily requirement. I don't want to walk out in every morning to chaos. So if we can do those two things every single day, then the house is largely livable for us. So what is your minimum daily requirement? And then take a list of the things that need to be done in your house. What do you need to do every day? Who needs to be responsible for it? What do you need to do each week? And who can take that on? And then what kind of other long-term maintenance things do you need to do? There are things that you're only going to do in the winter time to keep your house well maintained or only do in the summer. Um, There are things like checking your smoke detectors that you do when the time changes. 
and things like that. Um, think about whose job that should be. And I very much believe in delegating, especially to children. Um, I feel like that if you're part of a family, you should work with that family. Everyone is part of the family and everyone does their part to help the family. And the family is more than just mom and dad. Or the family is more than just you and your roommate. Or the family is more than whoever it is that you're living with. Maybe you live by yourself and it's just you. Then you're on your own because it's all your mess. So think through how to divide and conquer. What could you do daily? What could you do weekly? What only has to be done a couple times a year? Um, Make notes on a calendar or on your phone to remind you when those long-term things come up so that you don't sit there and scratch your head and go, when exactly was the last time I changed the air filter in the furnace? (laughs) Um, Those types of things. Get as much of that automated as you can so that you don't have to stop and think about it all the time. And really think through who should be doing it and why. And why you are doing the things you are doing. Right now my priority is not to keep a super clean house. And because the other is way more important to me. We do what we can and we don't follow a specific routine. But we make sure that when a bathroom starts to get out of control someone's there to take care of it and get it clean again when laundry is not where it should be or we need things to wear we have a routine for our laundry that we can follow that keeps laundry going on track so that it never gets really out of control um and then maintenance things tend to be something that we are scratching our heads and saying when's the last time we did that so as many of those as possible I'm I'm connecting to specific dates or events during the month or through the year so that I remember um, a significant date and that helps me connect it to whatever it is that I'm trying to maintain I hope this has been helpful for you guys as you're looking at what you clean and why you clean and how you clean Um, this podcast is not something to promo making your own cleaners and following a checklist once a week that's not what I'm about I'm about making you stop and think helping you to remember that swimming upstream applies to every area of our lives how can you step back from what you're doing and look at the full picture and evaluate what's working and what's not and then tweak the things that aren't working with this these tools that I've given you determining your minimum daily requirement deciding what needs to be done daily and weekly and by who keeping it simple keeping it safe and keeping it sustainable let's redo our cleaning routines guys let's clean up our cleaning routines and make them work for you does your cleaning routine serve you or are you a slave to it 
That's our action challenge this week. Does it serve you or are you a slave to it? Stop and think about your routine. Think about what you're trying to achieve. And then make a plan. Let's get back together on Instagram and Facebook and talk about what your cleaning goals are this week. As a side note, I wanted to tell you that a couple days ago I celebrated a birthday. And as a gift to me from my listeners, I would love it if you would share this podcast with a friend. My reach is growing slowly but surely. But I would love to be connected to new listeners for my birthday. So if you could please share this podcast episode or any of the last 11 episodes up to this point that spoke most to you and encourage your friends to join you in swimming upstream. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Swim Upstream podcast, where each week we discuss intentional living against cultural norms. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review of iTunes. This helps me be seen and heard by more potential listeners. I'd also really appreciate it if you would share this episode with a friend who might enjoy it as much as you did. As always, we can continue our conversation on Instagram at swim.upstream or on Facebook at Jenny Veliki. You can find the links to both of those in the show notes. And remember, the life you live is built on the choices you make. So just keep swimming.